Late afternoon in early February. Outside, dusk settled on pastures yellowed by lingering winter. The earth lay dormant. In the Celtic wheel of the year, this is Imbolc, a festival that heralds the first stirrings of spring. Imbolc, from the old Irish in the belly, marks the onset of lambing when the ewes start lactating. Midway between the winter solstice, or Yule in the Celtic calendar, and the spring equinox at Ostara, it augurs the quickening of the year, when the northern hemisphere stirs from its sleep, bringing promises of renewal. Imbolc is a time for hope and for new beginnings. There were few stirrings of spring that February day as I gazed through my study window. Spring arrives late in North Yorkshire, and I knew that soon the yellowed grass would green. The curlew would return, splitting the skies with its hypnotic call, and silent fields would resound with the thin bleat of lambs. I turned my eyes back to my desk. Spread out on the desktop was a map, a life-size poster reproduction of the original Goff map, now kept in Oxford's Bodleian Library. I'd bought the poster on a visit to the Bodleian the previous summer. Following a Sunday newspaper commission, I was researching a feature on Walks with Meaning and discovered the map was on rare public display, so I crossed the country to see it. Dated to around 1360 and measuring roughly two feet by four, the Goff map is possibly an updated copy of one made as early as 1280 during the reign of Edward I. Reputedly the most accurate map of Britain prior to the 16th century, you can almost overlay it with a modern map, except that Britain, following the convention where maps, like churches, were orientated towards the east, is tilted on its side. This version of the Goff map might be over 600 years old, but studying the poster, I made out the rivers Severn and Thames, the Humber and the Weir. The New Forest and Sherwood Forest were identifiable, and on the border with Scotland, Hadrian's Wall is distinctly marked, called by its old Latin name, Murus Pictorum, the Pict's Wall. Most curious of all was the matrix of overland routes, depicted in red pigment and connecting towns and villages familiar to us today. The antiquarian Richard Goff, who owned the map and bequeathed it to the Bodleian Library in 1809, called these red lines roads. Recently, historians have questioned their purpose, as many more obvious roads, such as Roman Watling Street, are omitted from the map. What is clear is that these lines represent itineraries of some kind, with their distances meticulously recorded. One of these itineraries runs in a gentle curve, parallel to the coastline between Southampton and Canterbury. Roman numerals mark the distances between the intervening settlements. Havant to Chichester, Arundel and Bramber to Lewis, Boreham Street to Battle and Winchelsea, Rye and Appledore to Canterbury. Picturesque towns on England's south coast, now attracting retirees and tourists, London commuters and young professionals, and whose former significance as seaports, defensive settlements, market towns or religious centres is embedded in centuries of often turbulent history. 
Historians haven't paid much attention to this particular red line, buried in the top right corner of a medieval map. It doesn't lead to or from London, as several other lines do. And although Canterbury had been a major religious centre since Henry II incited the murder of Thomas Becket two centuries earlier, Southampton in 1360 was then best known for its shipbuilding industry and as a commercial port. It was only when Will Parsons, co-founder of the British Pilgrimage Trust, studied the map afresh in 2016, that he concluded that, because Canterbury's significance has always been chiefly spiritual, this was a lost pilgrimage route from Southampton, where pilgrims from Europe landed before travelling on to Becket's Shrine in Canterbury. Before arriving in Southampton, these pilgrims crossed the English Channel from France, just as others scaled the Alps on their way to Rome or tramped over the Pyrenees en route to Santiago de Compostela. For the past few years, the British Pilgrimage Trust, a charity dedicated to renewing pilgrimage in Britain, has been researching the history of this route, retracing and reviving what is thought to be the first pilgrim itinerary marked on a map of England. When I interviewed him for my article on Meaningful Walks, Will Parsons talked passionately about a recent groundswell of interest in pilgrimage, with latter-day pilgrims wanting to connect with those who'd trodden identical paths for centuries. Knowing that others have gone the same way, by the same track, under the same trees, as he put it. As a keen walker and amateur historian myself, I could only agree.